Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's praise God for the exalted Christ. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We're so excited to to, um, pick up the, the Exalted Christ series. We're taking a deep look at the person of Jesus, his divinity, his exalted nature. And uh, what I'd like to do is, well, not for nothing, but wasn't that song awesome? Come on, let's praise God. Hallelujah. He's the way maker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. Perfect introduction to today's message. Praise the Lord. And what I want to do is actually give you a, a, one of the a Pauline articulation. The Apostle Paul wrote this. We're going to be reading out of John in chapter 6 in just a few moments. But I want to read these verses to exa- establish what does exalted Christ really mean. Look at how it spoke, uh, stated in Colossians. He said, the Son, which is the Son of God, is the image of of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. You know who really started the Big Bang? It was powerful Jesus. He is before all things. Can we put our hands together and say, yes, Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. He is before all things. He started all things. And it says, and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. That would be us. Okay, he's our leader. He's our head. And then it says, he is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. This is speaking to his resurrection, which secured our resurrection on that day. How many know? We will all rise and be with him forever and ever and ever on that day. All because of the exalted Christ. And then lastly, it says this. It says, so that, everyone say, so that. So that in everything he might have, say these two words with me, ready? The supremacy. One more time. The supremacy. The exalted Christ has the supremacy. He holds the supremacy over all things. He is supreme king, authority, power over all things. How many would say amen? Blessed be the name of the Lord. And it's important for us to understand because his supremacy reigns over all of the human dramas of life. That's that's really, really important today for us to understand. And this is important for us to even understand today's passage. You see, all human drama involves a journey. How many know the minute that you're born, you start a journey? Anybody on a journey? Everyone's on their journey. All human uh, drama involves a journey. And when you think about that journey, all human drama has to contend, first of all, with the forces of nature. And secondly, with the presence of darkness. 
all human drama, all human beings, we have to deal with forces that are out there. And they can be very uh, um, incredibly opposing forces. They can be very difficult to deal with, but Jesus reigns supreme. Now look at what G.K. Chesterton said about this. He said, fairy tales do not tell children that dragons exist. Children already know that dragons exist. Fairy tales tell children that dragons can be killed. And what he's saying by this is that even children understand that there are obstacles and difficulties out there that every person has to deal with. Even little kids understand that, that in this life there will be, quote, some dragons. Anyone dealing with a few dragons in your life right now? We all deal with dragons from time to time. It's just the nature of life. But this message, this book, this series, in a sense, is Jesus declaring that he is the supreme dragon killer. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, let's praise him one more time. Hallelujah, he's the way maker. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so what we're doing today is we are looking at Christ and, and one facet of his supremacy today, which we tend to take for granted. Here's what, I've, what I believe. I believe we take this issue for granted and I believe we take this story for granted. Even before I read it. I believe we take this issue for granted and we take this story for granted. But I'm here to tell you all of the word of God applies to you and me. How many of you say amen? You see, all of it applies to us. We need to make the effort to apply the word of God to our lives. So the title of today's message, this is the fifth sign and Jesus, in the fifth sign, declares himself to be Lord over nature. Lord over nature. And I want to read this simple story. It's not too many. It's like five uh, uh, verses, but that are vitally important to everyone's understanding. Now, what's going to happen now is we're going to read in John chapter 6, and we're going to read about a short journey. Okay? Very quick one night journey. Jesus, very important for you to remember when you're reading your Bible. Jesus started his ministry when he was 30 years old. Jesus was crucified when he was 33 years old. Then he rose from the dead and went to be seated at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says he lives to intercede. He's always praying for us. So it's not that his ministry was over, but his ministry was on the earth was only three years. Because his ministry on the earth was only three years, what happened was he had to take short stories, quick examples to display and to reveal to us truths that are for our entire journey. Okay? One story, few verses, but it's for all of our lives. And that's what you're going to read here today. And my prayer is that we would really apply this story to our hearts. John chapter 6. Now, Jesus had done a whole series of miracles, and then evening came, because darkness always comes. Look at me for a second. Darkness always comes. If you're a human being, you got to deal with darkness. Darkness always comes. Darkness comes every day. It's the reality. But hallelujah, he's the Lord over darkness. Jesus can see in darkness. Watch this. It says, when evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, 
where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was everyone, by now it was dark. And Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough, just like life for all of us. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately, everyone say immediately. Immediately, immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. Now what is the purpose of this story? This story is an all-out declaration of the supremacy of Christ over the forces of darkness and over the forces of nature. And this is very, today, this message has a lot of information. I want everyone to please do your best to listen. We got 30 minutes or 25 minutes, but listen closely. This is important for your life, not just for this moment, but for when you walk out of here. It's important for us to understand that neither Krishna neither Buddha or Muhammad, okay? The other main leaders of the main religions, the main philosophy, so to speak, okay? None of them ever claimed or even displayed lordship over nature. In fact, they were all restricted by the powers of nature, okay? They were all, Buddha was restricted by the powers of nature. nature. Krishna, all of them, Muhammad, every single one of them. And by the way, famous people, people like Steve Jobs, when he invented Apple, as great as Apple is, he was still restricted by the powers uh, of nature. Elon Musk, the, the Tesla guy, the electric car, and, and the, whoever's leading Google, his name is bouncing around the back of my head. It doesn't matter. No matter how rich you are, no matter how powerful you are, how many know everyone is restricted by the powers? We must submit to the powers of nature. But Jesus came and displayed that he was Lord of, over nature. He walked on water. He walked on the storm. He spoke to the storm because he was the Lord of nature. You see, and we take this story for granted and we forget that Jesus stands alone. No one is like Jesus. He is the king of the universe. He is the firstborn. He is the supreme king of glory. Can I, can I get an amen for that? Hallelujah. Sometimes people say, you just got to believe in something. No, 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 no. You better believe in the right thing. And the only right thing to believe is believe in Jesus. Hallelujah. Why, why believe in someone who has to submit to the same forces that you have to submit to? That's the way it is. Every inventor, every philosopher has to submit to the forces of nature. Listen to this. The popular talk show host, he's not on anymore, but he was on for many, many years, Larry King. They once asked him, him who he would choose if he had the choice to only interview one person across history. And look at what Larry King said. Think about this, okay? Larry King replied that he would like to interview Jesus Christ and that he would ask him just one question. Are you indeed, indeed virgin born? The answer to that question, said King, would explain history to me. 
You see, he was being honest. And what he was saying is, is it true? Because when Jesus was born of a virgin, what you and I have to understand is even when he entered into this world, he was actually declaring himself Lord over nature, over all of the natural processes, over all of the natural occurrences. He was born of a virgin, the one and only. And let me tell you something, if he could be born of a virgin and then if he could rise from the dead in power, how many know he can be the Lord over all of your storms and my storms and our darkness? Can I get an amen? Why am I asking you to say amen? Because I'm trying to get your faith to recognize who Jesus really is. You see, we need to acknowledge who he is. If you want to experience the power of his life, the power of his glory, you need to treat him as Lord. You see, that is who he is. He is the way maker. He is the promise keeper. But we need to treat him. you got to recognize when the Lord parted the Red Sea, he was displaying not just to Pharaoh, not just to Egypt. Pharaoh and Egypt were the reigning power of the world at that time. Go do an intense study. If you research the way historians would mark for Egypt, the way they would mark history is they only recorded their victories, never their losses. Anyone who will do serious study will know that, that Israel were slaves of Egypt. That's written, it's on walls, it's embedded in stone. And then here's what happens. What happens is that the historians don't talk about the departure of Israel from, from, uh, from Egypt. And then time goes by and then they record Israel in another scene as a nation. What happened in between? I'll tell you what happened in between. Moses walked in there under the authority and the power of God and, and Jesus and God slew all of their gods. All of the ten plagues represented the gods of Egypt. Jesus crushed all of them. You guys serve the God of frogs. I'm going to send frogs into your house. I'm going to put them in your pots and pans. I'm going to put them in your closet and in your shoes. I'm the Lord of the frogs. Uh, you guys have gnats. I'm the Lord of the gnats. And one by one by one. Maybe you didn't know this, but the ten the ten plagues were really plagues against the ten gods of Egypt. And then he parts the Red Sea. You know why? Because he's the Lord over nature. He's the Lord over everything. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Always revealed himself to be the great Lord and power. Always. He always revealed himself that way. And so here's what I want to do. I want to pray for a minute. Because the Lord of creation, the Lord of the Israelites, okay, all throughout history, the Lord of the first disciples is the Lord of today. He's the Lord of today. Jesus is real. And he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. And the, I was reading this past week in Psalm 25, it says, uh, 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 to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. He says, no one who looks to you will ever be put to shame. So let's look to him right now. Father, we thank you for this day and this time. We thank you for that song, Lord, that you're the way maker and the promise keeper, O God. 
You're the light in the darkness, Lord. You are the Lord. You are supreme over all things. Every life here, regardless of storms or darkness or difficulties or hardship, you are Lord. You are supreme. That is who you are. We declare it today, oh God. And God, I pray, oh God, that every heart right now would invite you into their journey. So come and be part of our journey, Lord. Be part of this time in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen Amen and amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now this message is very practical in nature. And here's the essence of what Jesus is going to teach us today. What he wants to teach us today is that there's a big difference between a journey with Jesus and a journey without him. Big difference. You can take a journey with Jesus, and then you can take a journey without Jesus. You see? And so that's what this story is all about. And I just want to walk through a couple of key points here. First of all, a journey without Jesus is subject to the forces of nature and darkness. When you take a journey without Jesus, you're subject to all of the alternate powers of nature and you can be driven from one place to another. It's just the nature of things. And a lot of people, look at me for a second, a lot of people, uh, they tend to say, no, I, one of the brothers was pointing this out to me. We say, no, I, I serve Jesus. Jesus is in my life. And, and, and so we tend to accept Jesus for the long journey, but for the daily journeys, we leave him out. We make decisions. We go where we want to go. We leave without him. We step here and there. And many of our decisions and our choices are really journeys without Jesus. You see? And so here's what happens. Look at, look at this map. Okay, so this is the Sea of Galilee, and they departed from Tiberias. Now, they wanted to go to Capernaum, but the forces of nature, everyone say forces of nature. The forces of nature pushed them, okay? The forces of nature pushed them, and instead of going over there, they actually ended up over here. Anyone ever experienced that? You wanted to go here, you end up over there? Welcome to the forces of nature, okay? In some cases, it also relates to the powers of darkness. There are evil forces in this world, and, and we, we, we get hit by them, and they, and they come at us, and they, they drive us away from where we really ought to be. Part of the way to listen to this message is to think about, is Jesus in your decisions? Are you on this journey? Are you in a relationship without Jesus? That's a bad scene, man. If, you make, if you're in a relationship without Jesus, it's not good. Are you in business and you're doing it without Jesus? So you go, oh, well, there's so many things that we can do without Jesus. But when we do that without Jesus, we're subject to all of those forces and powers. Everyone is. Now, how many know when Jesus is with us, then those powers are subject to the power of Jesus. So it's very important for us to understand that we can get off course. Now, I want to pause here and do a little bit of teaching so that the next time you're out there and you hear certain things, you will have clarity. You will know the truth, and the truth will what? 
Okay, very, very important. So look, we have a propensity in this country, we talk about nature in some unique ways, and sometimes what we do is we call nature mother nature, but listen, there, this is a point of clarity, there is no such thing as mother nature. Nature is powerful, but Jesus is the creator of nature and he is the supreme authority over all forms of nature. And when we think that nature is God, when we assign personality to nature, what we're talking about is something called pantheism. Pantheism is a form of religion. It's what Hinduism is in, sense, in a sense, that's, it's pantheism. And here's the definition of pantheism. In pantheism, God is everything and everything is God. You see, a tree is God, an animal is God, a cow is God. You see, in pantheism, it says everything is God and God is everything. Okay, now look, therefore, if good and evil exist, both must be part of God. So this is saying God is evil, but God is not evil. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Listen, watch this. So pantheists either say that good and evil are not real but illusions. A lot of times say it's not real. Oh, yes, it is real. When you, when you experience evil, how many know it's pretty real to you? I don't know about you, it's pretty real to me. Right? Watch this. Or they say that God is both good and evil. Okay, so the 19th century Hindu teacher uh, Ramakrishna said, as the snake I bite and as the healer I cure. But listen, God is not confused. God is light, the Bible says, and in him there's no darkness at all. We need to understand that God is good all the time and all the, God, all the time God is good, which we'll be making a point in just a moment about this. There is no such thing as Mother Nature. There is only the Lord of Nature. It's the same thing with astrology. I remember being in high school and we would uh, sit, somebody, there was a brother on the team who used to always read the paper and every once in a while, somebody would say, hey, tell me what my horoscope, you know, Virgo, Pisces, Cancer, Taurus, all that kind of stuff, right? Well, listen, I, wa I want you to know, don't look to the stars, look above the stars. That's where the King of Kings is and the Lord of Lords is. Why do people read, read, the, read astrology? Why? It's because they're longing for guidance and direction. Okay? People long for guidance and direction. They read that little thing hoping, maybe I'm going to have a good day today. What do the stars say? Let me tell you something. The one who spoke the stars into existence has something to speak to you and me today. Hallelujah. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. That's all nonsense. Thank you, I got one amen. People are like, don't be messing with my stars and my signs. Yes, we're messing with it, because it's nonsense. You need the truth, you need the truth, you need the truth. Listen, listen, I, I, I need to keep going, but let me say this, I was telling someone, someone this uh, the other day, okay? The Bible says you will know the truth, and the truth will set you Okay, so look, without the truth, you could never be free. That's like saying that you get wet without liquid. How many know if you're going to get wet, you need some kind of liquid. You need water. You need apple juice, orange juice. Somebody ever spilled juice on you, something. Okay, but, it, it, but if you don't have liquid, you're not wet. And listen, if you don't have truth, you cannot be free. 
That's why this is important. Because some people put their faith in the wrong thing their whole life. You see? And the thing is, salvation is free. Jesus came to love. He didn't came to criticize, but he did come to be Lord. He came as king. How many know when you deal with, with Jesus, he's the king? And we're going to be, we're going to actually talk about that a little. Please don't miss next week. We're going to be talking about that next week. Jesus will go into, oh, after this chapter, he goes into seven I am's. But the first one is going to be all about I am, what he is not. Okay? And so we need to understand that, listen, you can, you can be on this journey without him, but you're subject to the forces. Or you could be on this journey with him and then he's Lord over the forces. And so here's a takeaway point from this, okay? Stay in faith and stay in fellowship with Christ at all times. Here's a good guidance system, okay? If you can't, if you can't do A or B or C, be in a relationship, make a decision, say a word, make a choice, Go on a trip. If you can't do that and stay in fellowship and faith with Jesus, then how many know you shouldn't do it because that means you're going on your own? You see? Don't go. How many know it's better to be with Jesus and, and not and then, than to go on your own? Can I get an amen? It's better to be with Jesus than to go on your own. Very important. And this is an important thing for us to know and understand is that, that Jesus is the supreme power, but we just have to stay in faith and fellowship with him. Now, here's the second thing. Very important truth. The second thing is this, is that when Jesus came, he actually came to help us on our journey. It says they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened, right? He actually came to them on top of the storm. The winds were blowing, the boat was rocking, they were not moving, but Jesus is walking on water, okay? He's walking on the water, and they were frightened, but he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. How many know Jesus wants to walk into your life, and he's saying this to someone today, he's saying, it's me, don't be afraid, I actually came to help you. How many know he came to help us, not to harm us? Now, the reason why that is important is because a lot of people tend to think at times that Jesus is angry with them. You ever talk to someone, say, hey, come to church and say, listen, if I walk through the doors of that church, the building might fall on me. <laughs> you ever hear someone say that? Sometimes people say, you know, it's too late for me, it's no good, or... Or you don't get it, I'm too far gone. How many know no one is too far gone? Look at this verse out of Job. I love this. It says, God is mighty. Everyone read these four words, ready? But despises no one. Okay? Doesn't matter what you did, guess what? He doesn't despise you. He doesn't hate you. You mean after what I did yesterday or two years ago or five years ago? No. He's mighty. But listen, he despises no one. Watch this. He's mighty, everyone, and firm in his purpose. What is the purpose of Christ? The purpose of Christ is to come and to help. To help these ladies. Help this young man. 
He helps us from the moment we're little babies to the moment, you know, if the Lord gives us life, right? We go into the grave in old age. Jesus wants to help us every single day. He does not despise you. If you're here today and you feel like God doesn't like you, he does like you. He more than likes you. He loves you. He loved you enough to go to the cross for you. And he wants to be the friend that sticks closer than a brother. How many would say amen? Important for us to understand he loves us and he wants to help us. That's the heart of God. One of the hymn writers put it this way in a, one of the lines of his poem. I love this. Listen, thou framer of the light and dark, steer through the tempest thine own ark. Amid the howling wintry sea, we are in port. Everyone read this with me. If we have thee. So you might say here today, look, I'm in a storm. And you know why I'm in a storm? I'm in a storm because I didn't listen. I'm in a storm because I ignored what God said. I ignored what my parents said. I ignored what my friends said. I'm in this storm because I did this. This is my fault. No one else to blame but me. And can I tell you something? Even if that's the case, Jesus still wants to come and step into your journey. He wants to step into your boat today. And he wants to turn it around. You see? He wants to help. He wants to to be a blessing to us. Amen? And then listen, that brings me to the last thing that we need to understand. If all we have to do is invite him into the boat. Okay, could you put up the next slide, please? All we have to do is invite him into the boat. Look, it says, then they were willing to take him into the boat and immediately, everyone say immediately, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. Okay? Immediately. So here's what happens. Let me put the map up one more time. Okay? So here's what happened. Jesus meets them right here. Okay? Way off course. They should have gone that way. They're way off course. Anybody here way off course? Don't raise your hand. Just... See? But you know, that's why you come to church, is so that the truth can show you where you stand with God. Right? That's why you read the Bible. That's why you read the book of John. All right? So all the way over here, and they let him in. They received him gladly. They said, come in. As soon as they come in, all of the forces are calm, and they immediately go right to the seashore. See, this is, as the Lord of nature, this is one of those unique supernatural phenomenons that I don't understand, but I've seen it happen. I've seen this happen over and over where someone could be living backwards, broken, defiant, ugly, angry, uh, uh, addicted, and then they turn to Jesus. And when they get, when, the, when Jesus gets in the boat, all of a sudden their life is like a, like a speedboat and it starts flying to places that they never were before. How many know God wants to fly us to some place where we've never been before? That's what he does. And look at how he promised this. And I'm going to close with this. Okay? Look. I love this passage, Joel 2. Here's a great promise for everyone here. I will restore to you 
the years that the swarming locust has eaten. I will, come on, let's read this together, ready? I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. So here's the key, okay? If the singers could come, listen to me, okay? What is the key? Invite him into the boat. Invite him in. I've noticed this. There are people that Jesus is literally walking on top of their storm. He's coming close to them and they won't invite him in the boat. They're angry, they're bitter, they're, they're fearful. And he says, it's, it is I. Don't be afraid. Just invite him in. You mean to tell me, pastor, that you're saying to me that in the same way that on that stormy night 2,000 years ago, Jesus walked on that storm and he stepped into their boat and they were immediately in a place of safety. Can that really be the case for me? Yes. There's no storm too great that can keep him from you. There's no, he promises that he's able to restore what the swarming storms, the locusts of this life have ripped. You might be here today, and I've been ripped, stripped, like locusts coming into my life. I've got nothing. How many know, even though you have nothing, just give Jesus a little time because he will, he can restore everything by his mighty power. How many would say amen? Close your eyes for a minute. I want to pray for two people, two different types of people. Maybe someone's here today, and yes, you know Jesus, but you find yourself in a storm, and you need to invite him back into the boat. Maybe you're swarming in darkness, and you're swirling, and your heart is not in joy, your heart is not at peace, and you're wrestling with God. Sometimes we're angry with God, and we say, I don't want you in the boat, but today is to say, no, you're the Lord. You know better than I do. This may not be going the way I want it, but I just want you to come in. You take charge. You be the Lord of over nature. You be the Lord over everything that concerns me. If you're here today, and you're a believer, maybe you need to do that, oh, but maybe there's someone here that you've never actually invited Jesus into your heart and into your life. Maybe, maybe today could be the first day. The Bible says in a different way, this story talks about Jesus wanting to go into their boat and they allowed him in. But in the Bible, it talks about Jesus actually knocking on the door of our heart. Maybe you're here today and while I was preaching, you felt Jesus knocking at the door of your heart and Jesus was saying, look, you know me religiously, but you don't know me in a relationship. And today, I want to be your Lord and your Savior. Is there anyone here who would say, Pastor Toledo, he's knocking right now. I feel the Spirit of God knocking at the door of my heart, and I want to let him in. I want him to take, be the Lord of my journey. If that's you, I just want to pray for you. Take just one minute. Would you raise your hand if you want to open up the door of your heart? Thank you. Hands are going up. Thank you. Raise them up nice and high so that I could see. Blessed be the name of the Lord, nice and high. Nice and raise your hands nice and high. Just keep them up for a, a minute. Bless all, all over the building, hands are going up. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. You can go ahead and put your hands down. We're going to pray for them, and then we're going to pray for each other. Now, all of you that raised your hand, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. 
It's the prayer of faith. I'm going to give you words, but faith is going to flow from your heart. And Jesus, you're going to be born again. The Spirit of God is going to come and sit on the throne of your heart right now as you pray. So everyone in the building, just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day where I could learn about you being the Lord over all things. I declare you to be supreme over all things. And I thank you, Lord, for coming to this earth and for walking a sinless life and going to the cross to pay for my sin. Forgive me, Lord, for all of my sin, all of my offenses. Wash my heart clean with your blood. I open up my heart to you, Lord, and I invite you in. I receive you gladly. Sit on the throne of my heart and be my Lord and my master and my savior and my friend. Thank you for receiving me even as I receive you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen. Could we put our hands together right now and praise God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now listen, everyone who raised that hand, you should be getting a box from one of our ushers. That box has a Bible in it. It's a gift from our church to you. It's to help you with your new relationship with God. The Bible says to them that believed, he gave them the power to become sons and daughters of God. You're a child of God now, and the angels in heaven are rejoicing the same way we're going to rejoice right now. Come on, let's rejoice over all of these people who belong to Jesus now. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This is the greatest day of your life when you open up your heart and invite Jesus in. Just watch him move and work miraculously. And, and we gave you that box. We want to help you with your walk with God. Listen, there are going to be some pastors up front. Would you take a minute if you got a box? Just come up and say hello. We want to just shake your hand and, and, and say hello to you if you have a minute. And, and, uh, and, and just maybe just have a, a quick exchange with you. That would be our joy and our honor. Now listen. Hold on, we're gonna, we're gonna sing in a moment just for a second. But we need to pray for someone else here today. Because I know that sometimes we can find ourselves in very dark places. And sometimes, even though we're Christians, we can find ourselves in storms. Here, the disciples were with Jesus all this time. They got in the boat, and then Jesus stayed back. They got in the boat, and all of a sudden, they were in this storm. Anyone can find themselves in a storm. But hallelujah, Jesus walks on the waters. He is God who sits enthroned above the flood, the Bible says. 
and we want to pray for anyone. If you're here, you're in a storm, you're battling, you're, you're battling something, darkness is trying to come upon you, it, just stand up right where you are and we're going to pray for you. We don't need the details. Jesus knows all the details. But stand all over the building. Anyone that needs prayer, you came to the right place because we're here to pray and our God will answer as we cry out in the name of Jesus.